0: Hi, welcome to how did you learn to do that, where you will hear tips, guidance, and stories to help you to have a fulfilling life and career. The inspirational stories that you will hear from people will inspire you to know that you can create anything you want in your life and it just takes commitment and action. So I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited for you to hear these stories, these guidance and the tips that I'll be sharing. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me, info at howdidyoulearntodothat.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter At how did you learn to do that? And we would love if you could help us grow and expand this podcast by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts as well as on YouTube and sharing the episodes with your family and your friends and helping us continue to spread the message that we all are deserving of a fulfilling life and we can be the catalysts in our lives to create that. All right, stay tuned for the next episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the How Did You Learn to Do That podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest, Christina Popova, here on the podcast. So I'm going to read a little bit about who she is and what she does. So the founders of Miko's Athletics are not the usual bunch. We're a hardworking, efficient team of three cats and Christina. And uh, the brand is named after Christina's previous furry companion, Miko. Miko and works towards making the community as graceful as the one Miko saw through her own eyes. Christina's interest in mental health related topics began during her days of studying neuroscience at Simon Fraser University. Her journey with generalized anxiety disorder made her aware of the lack of willpower to face new challenges in life. And while combating her own depression, she was forced to holistically improve her mental health And her favorite self-care habit is any form of exercise. A little physical exhaustion to combat that anxiety and calm the mind. Her role in Miko's Athletic is to provide comfortable, unique fitness apparel for women while creating a safe space to destigmatize, discuss, and learn about mental health-related topics. And when she's busy building Miko in her comfy reform leggings and persevere top her cats oversee her sanity and encourage her to move forward with a greater purpose. I'm so excited to welcome you to the How Did You Learn to Do to Do That podcast. And I love that you shared that your team of your three cats and yourself is what's moving you forward in this journey and in this goal. Thank you. So I'm, I would love to learn more about um, yourself as well as Miko Athletics and just how it came to be. And I know you talked a bit about um, it coming through, your love of exercise. And so I would love to learn more about how you decided to come up with this brand and this business and and you yourself. Yeah.
1: So I've always kind of been very active. When I was younger, my parents put me into like gymnastics, figure skating, like swimming, like get all the sports. So I was always very active. Um, and then like in university, I would go to the gym too. But then obviously when... Coronavirus kind of happened that stopped, and um, I was pretty much at home. And I did try and kind of like exercise at home, Um, and just along with the things that happened with the pandemic, you know, my anxiety was obviously at an all-time high, um, which was causing some depression for me. And um, I just kind of had to get my mind off stuff. Um, At the time, I, I still am a student, but. I was um, in my semester, and I just knew that I could continue doing school online, but I needed a hobby, so I decided to start, like, doing an e-commerce business, and at the time, I didn't really think it would become this whole thing, uh, this whole kind of, like, mental health movement, Um, but that's kind of how it started, when I kind of started thinking about how I wanted to what kind of impact I wanted the clothes to have on people's lives, I thought about myself and I thought about how how much exercise like really helps me with my anxiety. as soon as like the gyms opened up, I was able to go again, and I felt a lot better. so that's just kind of how it started. I believe that like if people are consistent with just like daily exercise, it doesn't need to be anything vigorous, um, then they could feel a lot better. <laughs>
0: Yeah I, think that's, yeah, I think that's amazing. And I've heard that so many times that, you know, exercise is the key to so much that we don't realize. And, and, and you know, there's those endorphins from working out. And I know for myself to whatever I'm feeling overwhelmed and anxious, and just not feeling like my normal self, I always end up turning towards exercise. And, for me, high-impact exercise is not always the one I want to go to because it's not my favorite. So I always start with yoga because that always just brings me back to a place of just feeling way better. And then I can kind of take that path forward to then wanting to do high-impact exercise. Um, but that's just that's all a part of really getting to know yourself. And I think you've mentioned that you know that you know yourself and you know that in order for you to um, feel your best, exercise is what you want. And that all comes out of self-reflection and, and that's something that I talk a lot about on this platform is that self-reflection is so key because if we really connect with ourselves and really know who we are, then we know what those tools are that we can pull out when we need them to make us feel better and to, to bring us back to that state that we want to be in. So. I know you said you started this during this pandemic. So, how did you actually start? What what was your kind of uh, mindset around starting this business? And also, you, I'm really impressed by you, and I'll say that because you said that you have generalized anxiety disorder, and the pandemic, you know, challenged that as well as the gyms being closed. And so, in my mind, I'm just thinking that there was all these changes happening, and then you you couldn't do the online school, so now you kind of have to figure out what's next for you, and I just all of that to me just, you know, makes me feel so impressed by you because you took all of that and all that adversity and said, you know, I'm launching this business and this brand because it makes me feel that much better and I want to empower other people. So, so yeah, so what was your mindset around it and how did you actually start? Yeah, so um,
1: thank you. <laughs> um, I am definitely a person that, like, needs to be busy or else I just don't feel feel a thing but I pretty much started um I happened to watch a video by accident on like some on the internet about some e-commerce thing and I was like oh that's really cool like and then I started to do some more research about it and I was like oh like I should try that (laughs) you know why not um so then I picked a niche and I picked a my niche was fitness apparel for women. And so then I kind of just like started um, to, I bought some wells to try them out. And at this time, I still didn't really think anything of it. But then I gave it a name. And um, once like I gave it a name and decided to like make a whole website and everything, it became like super official. And I don't know, it kind of went hand in hand because. About a year ago, I told myself I really wanted to make a difference in the mental health community because I was studying like neuroscience and I was seeing it in people around me. You know, like I'm very aware of myself and I know what I need to do to take care of myself, but a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to help people so that I just kind of combined the two.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I, and you know, there's a lot of evidence in, in, Besides, of course, around weighted blankets and how much that helps anyone that's suffering from a mental illness. Um, but I always wonder, and I don't know this data around this, you may need to do some of that research in your in your schooling around it, around um around athletic apparel and that compression feeling, if that kind of gives the same, same feelings of of calmness and just making you feel relaxed. Um, and, and as you were just talking about that, I was just thinking about. You know, weighted blankets and compression leggings, and just in tops, and just seeing you know the relationship there. That's that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure about the compression. That's a great idea, but I do think like people feel good when they're wearing good things, and a lot of gym apparel tends to be like black or black. And if you look at my brand, it's all like very colorful. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I'm trying every time I walk into. Um, a store to buy athletic apparel. I'm always looking for different colors and I never, you're right. I never actually see lighter colors. It's always dark, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that about your brand. And so, so I would love to learn a little bit more about you and, um, and how, what are some things that you do that really allows you to, like I said, self reflect and really get to know yourself and, and understand your limits. And I was having this conversation um a couple of weeks ago with another podcast guest around the hustle culture of of the hustle culture saying that we're limitless and that we could just do everything that we want to do in the world and she was saying that that's not true and that we all have limits it's just our limits our goal posts for that limit is it's varied however we all have limits and we need to know our limits in order to protect ourselves and our mental health and our stability so so, what are some things that you do to self-reflect to really understand where your limits are um, and when, when you're starting to push that and, and bring it back to your purpose and your why and, you know, everything that um, ignites you and, and invigorates you to keep going?
1: Um, so my limits, um, I definitely think that when I was in, like, my second year of university, I learned about, like burnout and looking after yourself, and I've always believed that like, whatever you do, whatever you set your mind to, you can achieve, so that's where I really learned, like, even though I really wanted that, I really wanted to achieve good results at school, like, I needed to look after myself first, you know, without proper sleep, proper, like, habits, that was all useless, like, all the information I was learning was not being retained in my brain, so... That's kind of when I started to like look after myself. I went through like a period of time where, you know, I really felt like everything I was doing just wasn't working out. And I think it was just the amount of stress I was having and like not being able to manage it well. So now some of the things that I do for myself is like, I think sleep is very important. I try and get a very consistent amount of sleep. Uh, every day, and that's not to say that it has, like, I have to wake up early. Yeah. I'm okay with waking up a little bit later, but as long as I'm going to bed around the same time every night. Mm-hmm. For me, that's like the most important thing. And then the you know, thing is working out. I try and work out, like, in the, in the morning, just because then it's easier. Like, I get it over with and then I don't have to think about it. And I usually feel, like, really great after that um I try and like do some journaling too um that's a really good way to self-reflect mm-hmm. I also just think like I'm a very reflective person I'm very aware of myself so I think it just kind of comes naturally to me but um yeah like I I, I don't know like obviously because you're asking me about my limits to like this business and I don't know I think just the fact that I like really enjoy it and really want to make a difference and as I've been like talking to more and more people people have been telling me like how important that is to them like mental health really isn't like looked after so I think that's kind of motivating me to keep going
0: yeah for sure Uh, Yeah, I I completely agree. And I I think that what you've said about being reflective and just taking that time to journal, I think that for me personally, that was a game changer for me because I always felt when I had when I wasn't able to just write it down, and I'm a pen and paper person. So I have to write everything down on paper with a pen. And just the practice of just writing it just always I feel like it's physically coming out of my mind and onto that paper. And it makes me feel so much better. But also then I know a lot of people say that they don't go back and they don't read their journals. I mean, maybe a year later, but I usually read it again the same day because I just want to know like, and a couple hours, like, okay, so how how did I feel at that time? And then now a couple hours later, how do I feel? And I like to read and reflect and really just understand what works for me um personally. And and yeah, and I completely agree with you that when you reflect, you really can you see what's needed and um and similar to you, I also am a type of person that loves to be busy. I just, I, and my husband always says it's exhausting being married to me because he's like, you don't, you just don't sit for a minute, you know, and relax. And what I've realized is that, and I really, really had to do this in 2020 and now going to 2021, I'm really trying to practice um, being intentional with my time and what I'm actually doing and making more time to relax because I just felt like definitely in 2020 and in starting this podcast and and this in this business I felt like there's just so much noise out there. There's just so many people doing so many things that you just feel like you're always running behind. And and I just stopped and I realized that okay, these are the three things that I want to do with my business this year and that's it. I'm not I'm not going to do something new just because somebody else is doing it or I'm not going to do this because, you know, people message you message me all the time um Asking, And I just had one actually this morning that said, why are you waiting to launch your course in March? Like, why aren't you launching it now? And my response was just because I need like time and I need my space to do it. Like, I just can't keep pressuring myself to do all these things today. And to be honest, Jenna Kutcher says this. And I always say this quote on many of my podcasts that she says, nothing is an emergency and she just pretends, even though with her success, she just pretends like no one's even going to read this. So they don't care if I have this launch today or in a month or two months. And she said that's just how she operates in order to prevent herself from feeling pressured and overwhelmed. Um, and so I love what you share about, about you know, just... Reflecting and just really understanding what it is that you want to do and, and going for that, and and so I think that's amazing. And so, how has your life changed since you started Miko's Athletics? What what sense of purpose has it given you, or has it made your purpose clear with the mental health movement?
1: Um, I think it has made my purpose a little clear, just because um initially when I was studying neuroscience, I was um, gonna. Like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I was thinking on a more like pharmacological level or biological level, um, and uh, now I'm I think I'm more clear. Like I do want to do something mental health related, um, whether that means I stay in neuroscience or whether that means I like transfer to like a more psychological program. Or I'm not sure, but I think that you know I always have in the back of my mind wanted to make a difference in the mental health community,
0: and now, like, that confirmed that. Yeah, it's given you that validation that that is, that you're on the right right path and you're in the right area of study. And I think that's amazing because um, I also went to SFU too, so I did, uh, I did a health science degree. Um, but even then, I remember I did the health science degree because I wanted to go to med school, and that was my goal, and that was kind of what I wanted. But going through that program, which is public health, it's it's very closely related to mental health as well, but it comes from like a public, public health perspective. Um, just going through that program, I kind of had a similar um, stance where I realized that what I really wanted to do was work in public health to make impacts on a bigger scale versus mm-hmm. a one-on-one. And, and being a doctor is rewarding and it's an amazing career and it's, you know, something very challenging, difficult, but it's still a one-on-one. Thing for the most part, whereas yeah. public health is, in, we can see public health's impact right now in the pandemic. It's it's a mass um, impact. So, um, yeah, I thought the same thing, and I my the, what I was really focused on was children's mental health because I feel like every single one of us, um, a lot of the things that we deal with struggles, challenges, experiences, traumas, somehow trace back to our childhood. Um, and then they transcend generations, right? So if you don't, so if our parents, for example, experienced trauma and they weren't, they didn't receive any help for that and they didn't heal from that and they didn't have reflection upon that, then then there isn't the unintended transfer to the next generation in your actions and the way you think in your process. And then, and, and again, and it keeps going and with my daughter, and I've shared this before too, is that. Um, when she was born, I was very mindful. I wanted to know what are my traits? What what am I doing from past traumas? What am I not doing from past traumas? Because when you have a kid and um, you literally teach them everything, including coping. You you teach them how to cope. How When you're angry, what do you do? When you're sad, what do you do? You know, and and if I'm learning that from someone and, you know, my mom and my dad actually have past childhood traumas that they haven't healed. So if I pass that along to my daughter without really reflecting upon it, or if I don't reflect myself, like, what do I do when I'm angry? What do I do when I'm upset? And is that conducive to what I want her to do? Or is that helpful? I think that um, if you don't reflect upon it, then it just keeps going. Um, And so, and so, yeah. So I think that, um, and I've lost my train of thought of what I was, where I was going with this, but um yeah I just think that reflecting upon your your um your own mental illnesses from your childhood um and that's why childhood uh mental health is so interesting to me because I just feel like I said that everything every single person that I feel has some sort of struggle or challenge it always goes back to their childhood um and I just always think like what could we do to help um children heal from these traumas so that they can grow into adults that are understanding what they need to do in order to help themselves.
1: Yeah, like I actually completely agree with you. I do think that our parents, as much as they love us, pass down things to us. You know, they try their best to raise us, but that's not maybe the best way that one like the best way to raise yeah. children. And that's okay, you know, I think that every person will have some sort of trauma from their parents, and it's better to kind of accept it and acknowledge it, and then work towards it. And I think that's a big part of reflection, like, being able to see like, okay, yes, I do this. Um, It's not the best thing that I could be doing, you know, how can I fix it now, instead of pretending it doesn't happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I I love that you said that it's okay and you just have to accept it and move forward and not pretend like it didn't happen because I think that's key. It's just being able to have a discussion about it, being able to acknowledge it. Um, If you need to apologize, you can apologize. But but just being able to have that conversation and like you said, move forward is key. And there's just always, there's still so much stigma around it. So, you know, I know, personally, that, you know, through my family, that if people bring up, you know, the feelings of, you know, you've hurt me here, there's, there's, it's not easy to just be like, yep, yeah, okay, I did that. And I apologize, it is much more challenging structure of, you know, defending yourself and having a conversation and going through that, and which I think makes the trauma even more hurtful, and deeper, um, and harder to heal from. And so, I just, I just, you know, if I could have a wish for the world, it would be that we all actually embody more empathy. And that's a term that I really have to had to learn in the last several years, because um, when my like like I said, when my daughter was first born, I had someone ask me, like, what's the one thing that you would want her to have, if nothing else? Um, and I really, you know, looked up all kinds of words, because I was like, I know what it is, but I didn't know what the word was. And I came down to that, it, what I wanted her to have was empathy. If she has nothing else in this world. If she has no home, no no job, no nothing, that's okay. As long as she had her empathy, that's all that was important to me because that t- will take her much further in life. Um, just being happy internally, because material possessions they'll come and go, um, things like that will come and go. But you know, having empathy and being able to empathize with people and yourself, and like giving yourself grace. I think um, it's probably the most important thing that you can do.
1: Yeah, like, I definitely think it's very important to be empathetic to people and yourself. I think, if anything, it's harder to be empathetic to yourself. You know, you always have higher standards for yourself. Um, And I think it's important to be empathetic, but I don't think you can be empathetic until you you know, kind of happy with where you are and with yourself and in life, you know, if there's always something kind of bringing you down, why would you have to be happy for other people, you know, so you have to kind of really look after yourself, you know, make sure that you're okay and you're whole and then I I truly think that you would be happier and more empathetic to yourself afterwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I completely agree. And I just was listening to this podcast with Brené Brown and Dax Shepard um, and Tim Ferriss. And, and they said that the best advice they were ever given was that um, don't worry about what other people are doing or saying, um, especially if it has to do with you, because that's none of your business. Um, your business is only to take care of yourself. And I think that's it's exactly what you're saying is that um, you know, looking after ourselves um is so important because yeah, like you said, you can't be there for other people, you can't be happy for other people, you can't do that kind of stuff until you've reflected in it, you know, on yourself and and um and healed yourself because it will although you I mean, you can be happy for other people genuinely, but um it is important to look after yourself first before you invest your energy and your time into into other people and other things because um because the happier you are and the more you look after yourself the you know the more impact you will have in those other areas and to those other people
1: yeah and I think that you know maybe some of us aren't taught how to look after ourselves um growing up where it's just kind of taught you know to go to school to get a job but we're not told how to like look after ourselves internally like you mm-hmm. know how does this make us feel does this make us happy does this really put us down and why like what can we do to change it yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just love everything you're saying because I've been thinking about these things for so long. And and I do coach, um, you know, or graduates or new graduates from university um, into how they can transition from being a student to having a career. And a lot of the time, what you just said is what I identify is that we're, you know, we we grow up and I don't know if we're told to be mindful. I mean, now things are shifting. So there's just a lot more of that being promoted. But in our generation, when we were growing, like there's just not there wasn't a lot of mindfulness when you were a kid, and then you went to elementary, then high school, and the only question uh, when you're done high school is, so where are you going to school? What do you want to become? What do you want to do? And then you go through university, and then you get out of university, and then there's that post graduation. Um, stress or depression that I've heard so much about, about you get out of university, you don't really know what you're wanting to do, because the path kind of ends there, like the easy path of here's what I need to do, right? There's no syllabus or course outline that says, here's what you need to do. Um, And it's just that all ends. And then there's just frustration of you're not able to get a job. You don't know how to move on to what's next. It's not in your area. It's not in your field. And there's really no one there to help you. There's no advisors. There's no counselors, all that kind of stuff that you get in university. And the biggest thing that I always say to my coaching clients is that we need to spend time reflecting on who you are as a person. Um, mm-hmm. Not just what career you want, not just you know how much money you want to make, but who are you? And what is your purpose? How do you align with your purpose, and then from there, you can figure out how you can actually build a fulfilling career um, and I find that a lot of young young professionals they just pick take a job and it's usually the first one that gives them a job offer because they've been waiting for a job offer for months, if not years. And then they start their career frustrated. And that's why we hear that midlife crisis thing, because people are just miserable in these careers. They're just unhappy. They haven't reflected to figure out who they are and their purpose. Um, or even taken a moment to see, you know, what is a fulfilling career? And can I even have it? And they don't even know that that's an option. Um, and for some people, entrepreneurship is amazing. I think some people have amazing qualities to become entrepreneurs. But there's also some people that just, they just don't want that. They don't want the entrepreneurship life. They want the nine to five and then clock out and have evenings and weekends to themselves. Right. And, um, and that's okay. And I, and yeah, and so I think that that what you're sharing is so key and, um, and I, and I love that you share that because that's a lot of what I'm seeing now in students and, and co uh, students and new graduates that I'm coaching is a lot of that, that who am I, you know, now that I've ticked off all these boxes and Michelle Obama says, you know, she was a box ticker and it's like, so now I've done all these things. So what now, you know, what's next for me and who am I?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you're in high school and when you're in university, you know what you need to do. You know, you need to go to school. You need to get those grades and that it but that's not the real world <laughs> and that is a struggle. That's that's a huge struggle. And I just, I hope that people, you know, start to kind of look after themselves more, especially now with these newer generations, now that all the stuff is becoming a lot more accepted in society.
0: Yeah, 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 I completely agree. And I um, I created a course called The Successful Canada. That's the one I'll be launching in March. Um, and that's the one that really, you know, tackles a lot of those kind of questions. It's 80% of who are you and what what do you want to do and what aligns with you most and 20% of it's the technical resume and cover letter and how do you apply, how do you network? And I think in in school, especially when you're starting your career, there's so much focus on developing this resume and this cover letter and interviewing and all that stuff, but You know, we need we need more people to encourage us to reflect on who we are as people and um, what it is that we want to do. And so um, so I want to ask you if you could go back to pre-pandemic, because a lot of things have changed in the pandemic, especially for you with launching a business. If you can go back pre-pandemic, not knowing that this was going to be your life in the future. What is what is a piece of advice you would give yourself as you were starting to live through this pandemic?
1: Um, that's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I think I would kind of tell myself that, you know, it's okay to take a pause. It's okay that things are changing. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be changing for the worse. You know, there could be a lot of good that comes out of it, and just to be patient and see what happens you know don't give up yeah that's amazing yeah I think there's a lot of good that comes out when people experience bad points in their lives like for me the beginning of COVID was a very difficult time and that's when I really decided to do some self-evaluation and I now that I'm here how many years later you know I'm I'm not upset with anything that's happened you know I think a lot of things have changed my life actually has changed completely but I'm happy with it you know and if you told me that at the beginning of COVID I don't think I would have believed you yeah
0: yeah I think a lot of things have changed you know I know for me um and I love what you share about just giving yourself patience and uh and just and just grace to just go with the flow and just to take care of yourself I think is key and I think you know for me when the pandemic started um I was on maternity leave still I had six months to go and actually uh, we'll record well this episode will go live Um, at the end of March but we're recording actually on January 25th for those that don't know Um, and today actually was the first case of COVID-19 in in BC um, a year ago so it's just it's just crazy how much our life has changed in that year and I remember um, obviously being in public health being on maternity leave hearing this and kind of waiting for this to happen because You know everything I studied in school around pandemics and response and all that was being deployed, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool!" So I went back to work a couple months early because I was like, "I have to be a part of this." Like, I don't think in my lifetime, and I pray and hope that in my lifetime there isn't another pandemic. But I was like, "This is it. This is going to be my only chance to work on a pandemic, and let me just see what what it is." So I, I went back to work early and, um. I remember when I was reflecting on whether I wanted to go or not, um, my boss called me and said, Hey, like we're all going to work from home now. Right. And so for me, that's the biggest change that's been the biggest change for me is that previously, before I went on MAT leave, I was so excited to be on MAT leave because I didn't have to go to the office. Even though I love what I do, I just, it's just the physical go to the office for eight hours a day, every day. And I just thought that's not what I want to do when I have my kid. And I had all these plans and goals about getting out of the nine to five. And but now that I'm back at work and it's been um, almost a year now, it's crazy because now I'm just working from home. You know, it's much more flexible hours. It's much more flexible work. And that's something that I think is the silver lining of the pandemic is that it's shown us that we can all have a better work life balance. Um, in, in when it comes to work and home. But the downside of it also is that there's a lot of disconnection too, right? Like for yourself, like going from being in person and in school to doing online classes. It's not the same. You don't get the same feel, you don't get the connection of the other students. Um, my favorite part of SP was going a bit earlier and like sitting and just like meeting someone new next to you, right? And um it's totally different now. And yeah, same with me, like being home all the time just to work, I miss that kind of little connection I would have with people at the office that didn't work on the same team as me or projects, but I still got to know them. Um. So so what What would you say Um. if this, if, I mean, I don't know if the schools would go this way, but if they were to move to entirely online, what would, well, how would you feel about that? Because I know you've expressed that, that you don't like the online program, but Um, but if they were to move to an entirely online, what do you think the limitations would be for for people that don't want to study online?
1: Um, You know, I think it's interesting because I absolutely love working from home, but studying from home, like having to concentrate, that's where the difficulty comes, right? So for me, it's Classes online, but like cafes and libraries were open, then it would be a little bit easier, but that's not really the case, you know? And I do think that there's a chance that some courses will stay online after the pandemic because school is still online and a lot of classes have been cancelled. So like I had to do a bunch of lab courses, which were cancelled because they had to be in person, you know? So then those classes were just not happening. And, you know, I needed those courses for other courses, you know, it was huge chaos. I think that a lot of students would be unhappy if classes were to be online and it could really take away from their learning ability. But at the same time, I think that for other people, it could increase their learning ability because you're more, you're like anonymous, you know, you're just a Zoom thing. And you can ask a question, you know, a big fear of students is asking questions in lectures. Like there's like 200 people, no one wants to ask. But this way, you're actually asking these questions. If you're wanting to get the education, you can get the education. But again, it kind of just depends on the person. And it's really hard to say, you know, I think that it's really important that just working remotely, not just being a student, but working remotely, that you kind of have a schedule and a plan yeah you don't need to work nine to five but it's so important to kind of wake up and have a routine because once you let that routine go that's that's where I feel like people are really struggling
0: yeah yeah I completely agree with you there was you know when the pandemic first started and I was work from home I was like roll out of bed jump onto the desk and just work in my pajamas and it was really no big deal but it got to a place like you said like you need a bit of a routine. And so now I I, now I get up earlier, I do my morning routine, I get up, I get ready, I get dressed as if I'm leaving the office. Um, I drop my daughter off at daycare preschool. And then I come back home, I grab my coffee, just like I would have in the office. So just having those little routines, like you said, it makes me feel like now I'm going to work. You know what I mean? And, and my day changes and you become more motivated um, when you do, do have a bit of that routine and a bit of that structure. And I, and I, so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and so what's next for Miko's athletics and for you? What's, uh, what's next? Are you going to go back to school and, and continue this entrepreneurship journey?
1: Um, so I'm actually planning a new launch for Miko Athletics. It's coming out February 15th, so in just about two weeks, um, the launch is actually I'm wearing this sweater now, this is one of the, pieces, oh, and pretty much all the items on the apparel will tackle five of the, five kind of major problems happening in the world today, and they will have like a little message, um, for example coronavirus is a big one so loneliness is a big problem people are experiencing and there's just like a nice little message to remind people that they're not alone and so then every time they kind of wear that sweater there will be or whatever the item is they will remember that and hopefully it'll help them through their day
0: yeah that's amazing i actually love that sweater because i've been eyeing it is it like a crop sweater or is it going to be like full length
1: it is cropped. I
0: can kind of show you. It's cropped. I don't know if you can see. Craft. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, nice. Very cute. Very cute. Well, I'm so excited for you to sh- – I'm so excited to have had you on this podcast and definitely to share your story and your journey. And if you could say something to anyone that is um, that is in a similar boat as you um, with having generalized anxiety disorder or just, just feeling – stressed out or overwhelmed with the pandemic and all the changes that are happening as well as maybe starting a new business what what's some advice and some tips you would give them
1: um you know I think I would say like it it's it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling you know it's okay to be sad, angry to have a hard time and feel overwhelmed you know don't put yourself down because you're feeling that, you know. Just just kind of accept it and, you know, try and move forward. I think it's it's a hard time for everybody right now. Everyone's feeling a little bit off or a little bit something, regardless of where you are unless you you know, if nothing's changed for you, you you're still feeling something because it's this is a global change and just to
0: just it's okay I think you know whatever it is just don't be hard on yourself yeah yeah I think that's that's yeah it's okay to not be okay is what what I hear and what I what I say often and I think that you know sometimes we just put too much pressure on ourselves to be okay or to want to be okay and Last week, actually, I um I had a whole day planned um of things I needed to get done a large to do list and I just woke up and I was like I'm not feeling okay today like I just I just want to lay on the couch and watch Netflix all day and that's what I want to do and that's what I did and I was like that's amazing like just it, it really helped me push me to the next day and the weekend also because then I was able to be more productive as opposed to trying to push through those feelings. So I appreciate you sharing that and I appreciate everything you've shared so far. And I'll link Miko's athletics as well as um, Christina's uh, Instagram and her website and all of the information so you can connect with her and you can check out her beautiful products, especially her launch coming up soon in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited to share that with you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the end of that episode. I hope that you have learned something from that episode that can have you getting closer to a fulfilling life and career. There's so much out there in the world that you can learn, you can experience, and you can apply to your current life that will help you start making those little steps towards a career that you love and that you're inspired by. So I'm excited for you. I can't wait to hear what you're doing. I would love for you to share with me over on our social media, or you can send me an email and let me know. You can visit our website, howdidyoulearntodothat.com, for the show notes and for blog posts and to hear more about what we're up to. And, of course, we would love if you could help us grow by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts as well as on YouTube and sharing with your family and your friends.